as I'm falling and I look to her and I say like, hey, I have to warn you. I come with this like super dark hidden side that I've been hiding from everyone. No one knows about it. And she looked me dead in the eyes and said, that's why I love you. Mm. And I just fucking melted. <sighs> that was like permanent. Wow, she shouldn't dude. have said that. That's she shouldn't good... have done that. Wow. Right? It was too poetic. It like hit to this, my most unlovable, dejected self that I'd hidden from everyone. Coming all the way from Minneapolis to Washington, D.C., we now bring you Enter the Freud. Warning. This is for entertainment purposes only. It is no way medical advice. Listen at your own risk. Okay. If, if you're ready, then I'm going to pose a question to you. And where you start, how you begin to answer this is going to send us down one of the, of the million entryways into the subject. Sweet. Okay? So, first, my, my question to you is, why do people get divorced? I mean, this question you're asking is, there's so, like you said, there's so many different roads we could go down. But here's another, if I try to like stay in big picture, relatively simple things, is that people, so people never used to get divorced in most cultures for hundreds of years. Divorce wasn't really a thing. And now divorce is extremely common. And the reason for that is because prior to like the 20th century, marriage was a social, economic, familial contract. It wasn't a thing about romance and love. Um, and then in the 20th century, we decided, oh, now marriage is about being in love and about eros and sex and romance. And that essentially brought this highly changeable, deeply emotional, passionate um and also it when, people don't like to see it this way but us depth psychologists know that lo love is really about includes our pathologies and our juvenile infantile little kid unmet needs and that we foolishly and immaturely fantasize that this new woman is gonna meet all of the needs that i didn't have when i was a little kid and being in love is like bringing that fantasy into a relationship, thinking that partner's going to now meet these things. And that thing is like this explosive, volatile, changeable thing. And we're trying to connect that thing with the old social structure of economics and laws and society. And, and, and putting those two things together is a recipe for disaster. Hold on, I can do one better, right? Because as you point out something that is essential, that, that it's true, each of us are putting on this tremendous expectation of kind of a resolution to unmet needs and or meet or, or needs that maybe, they, maybe they're not unmet, but that, that we know a human needs. A source of, of, of reflection into what a person is and what they need, right? So, I'm sorry, this is getting totally convoluted. More importantly, that meets the reality of somebody who says, well, 
I need you to fold the towels in a way that actually has the emblem facing out. <laughs> okay. I, I, this, this fucking actually happened to me, right? I watched two people get a divorce over this, right? So, so you have this profound thing that needs to be met, but the lived reality is, you, you, yeah, I see why you're laughing. It's so I, funny, dude, because it's so fucking absurd when you look at it, but that's why relationships end it, it, even more. I don't think that this was the case back in the 70s, but nowadays it's like you didn't fold the towels with the emblems facing out, so I need to divorce you. Like that, it seriously has come to that shit. Yes. <laughs> because, because the person tells them how important it is. Don't you see how important it is to me that you fold the towels? Can't you just do that to show me? Can't you fold them in a way that shows what, that shows me that you care. Yeah, okay, so, but, but I'm laughing because it's so absurd, but let's look a little bit into the psychology behind it because then it doesn't seem so absurd. The person who needs the towels, emblem of the towels facing out, that symbolizes something to them. It symbolizes their, they have their life together. It symbolizes their partner sees what's important to them and takes time to do what's important to them. So these totally absurd things have symbolic meaning to a person. And the symbolic meaning goes back to what I was saying about like the unmet needs of childhood or the painful experiences of childhood that we're, all of us are foolishly, misguidedly hoping to correct in our marriages. And in my stupid brain, uh, this thing happens where I'm like, if my partner folds the towels with the emblems out, then that means I have my life together in a way that I didn't as a child and my parents didn't. And that means I have someone who sees me, understands me, cares for me, and takes time to do what I need. And therefore, my childhood needs are met. And all that gets projected into the stupid fucking emblems of the towels pointed the right way. Yes. And so, but look at what the person who's headed towards their own journey of individuation and assertion of, of their own autonomy and let's just say their individual expression as a mature human being. Mm -hmm. That person is being asked to do such a mundane task as to fold the towels, which right. then appears to be in a way an affront on their personal journey. Right. Thus they rebel endlessly yep. and, and fuck up the towels. Yep. Right, because why would you not just fold the towels? Right. Why don't you just fold the stupid ass towels? Well, it becomes this strange confrontation of, oh, you're going to try to tell me to do something so insignificant. Yep. Why can't you, in the, if you're going to ask something of me, make sure that it's worth my attention and worth the, this is where it becomes massively skewed once you start to look at how are you valuing your life based on what you're currently achieving, how how far you are in your career, what kind of a parent you are, what yeah. kind of a serious person, how serious does everyone take you? Well, imagine if in your everyday life, you go to work and you're a goddamn surgeon and you're saving people's lives and then you come home and you're told, you're not folding the towels. <laughs> 
Well, how would you possibly react to that well? Yep. And, and, and the towels is just a silly example of everything that happens in a in a mismatched kind of a, a, a way. And then as a couple's therapist, somehow it's your job to figure out, okay, what are these people actually trying to do? Right, totally. How are they... How are they going to, yep. where there's absolutely no guidebook to figure out this, the pursuit of, is clearly an art form. Like, yep. like well, so ba- f- basically what the, what the, I've seen this a million times doing couples therapy. And it's so funny that this, what you're talking about all is like one of the most common uh, couples therapy train wrecks is the person is getting upset about something to everyone else that just seems stupid, but to, for them it's charged with these old emotional needs and, and meanings about being happy in life. And then their partner comes home and they're like, and then the partner is just like, what the fuck? I can't deal with this. And then the partner just doesn't, can't see that what's going on is, is let's just do the husband and the wife. Let me switch it around just to not be... A misogynist. Let's say the husband is at home and the husband is having a temper tantrum about the towels. The wife Absolutely. is the lawyer. I'm... She comes home. The husband's like, "Honey, you didn't. I asked you to do this thing and you didn't do it." And, and then the wife is like, "Oh my fucking god, I can't deal with it." Because the wife just now thinks she's married to a fucking whining, sniveling little idiot. Um, and so then they come into couples therapy, and our job essentially is to have the husband find his emotional needs stop projecting them into the towels and figure out how to express them in a mature adult way so that his wife can hear them and then meet those and i i make i make it sound easy but it's almost sometimes it feels physically impossible to do that in couples therapy which is why so many people think but because if you look at the statistics, the majority of people go to couples therapy and end up divorced. Mm. That's just how it plays out. I don't know if you knew that. No, I haven't seen those stats. Yeah, it's, it was really weird when I found that out because it certainly wasn't the case in my office. I felt like, oh shit, I'm doing. I must be skewed, and I'm I'm somehow like trying to make people stay together. Because because. I keep well, I I see p- couples that I think should get divorced and yeah, then yeah. they work it out. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, whoa! I'm like, I was a hundred percent sure you guys were gonna get divorced. Yeah, totally. And then some 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 phenomenon occurs and and they come back and say, hey, doc, we did what you said. And I'm like, well, I I don't tell you to do shit. I'm not someone who gives prescriptions. Like, hey, by the way, go. I guess sometimes I do. Sometimes I will tell them to go and sit in a place that they don't sit, like a neutral territory, have a discussion that isn't the one that they always have, make sure that they do something that that would would seriously reduce the likelihood that they have the exact same argument over and over again. Totally. So I, I, I will kind of give those prescriptions, but then they'll come back and tell me that I told them to do something that absolutely was not what happened. But I don't care because the end result is somehow they have figured out and 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 seen each other and met at a, at a new point, yeah. And and in that created a new contract, yeah. Right. The 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 old, oftentimes unspoken contract that happens 
prior to marriage. I know that in marriage you say some vows and nobody fucking cares what they're saying. Cause it's, <laughs> it's, so, it's so much pressure on you to do it in public. And it, nobody is even thinking about the fact that with that comes prior, prior to you even getting married, you have, a, it, you, you make this incredible contract of mostly unspoken agreements. Totally. It, that, I will behave this way, and you will behave that way. Yeah, yeah. And then we will coexist happily. Yep. And well, the, 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 uh, let me just say something. You use this term, mostly unspoken agreements, which is totally accurate. And the pro, like, if a couple is to like be a more highly evolved, successful, long-term relationship, and in this theory, I don't even know if I buy this, and and ride the tide and stay together through the different adult stages of development, which I'm not so sh- I'm not really necessarily saying that's what you're supposed to do or that's the best way to happen. But if they are, then those unspoken agreements, which are unconscious dynamics of like two unconscious path- pathological infantile needs trying to get met in this new fantasy partner, they need to become conscious. So the unspoken agreements need to be spoken made conscious and then you have to like have a a mature adult conversation about what those agreements are and kind of negotiate on to how to get them met that's like what the process of like couples therapy needs to go through for the relationship to work for yes for it to work and for some reason as you point out it's incredibly elusive even for somebody who's extremely trained and paying extreme attention to the process sometimes the, as you point out the path forward, it ignites fury within the people yep. that, that are sitting in front of you. I, rem- yep. I remember one couple, this, this is, I, I think, back in California, where they, they came in and we worked diligently for like an hour and a half on this plan of how it would potentially look moving forward. Yep. We, we mapped out their entire existence and what their, their current contract was everything that was expected and then what if they were to move forward what it would potentially look like and in the end of the meeting the lady looks at me and says what you want me to do all that work (laughs) And, and i was like well what the hell did you think this was and she's like i wanted this done yesterday and then stormed out of the room and that was it i never saw them again and that's an example. I feel I'm worried that I'm going to become a broken record in all of your and my podcast episodes. I think that's. I think ultimately what that is is there's this cultural wave of like in American entitlement. America is increasingly become a country of princes and princesses, and they want fucking life to be easy and to be handed to them. And this lady gets in a relationship, and she just wants the relationship to be easy and to be fucking handed to her. And when it's not, she has a princess temper tantrum. It's not the way I want. I don't want to have to do work. I want it to be handed to me yesterday. It's like, well, good luck being in a fucking relationship then. Well, absolutely. I don't think you're a broken record. That's the first time you've brought this, this point up. I think that maybe several of your points do rotate around what some people refer to as snowflakes and or like this... <laughs> this like horribly entitled incredibly narcissistic type of of person that america's pretty impressive at producing yes at, at, as it as a 
whatever median that is, yep. it's impressive watching that rise. Yep. Watching and, watching the rise of, of that type of a personality structure. Totally. And yeah, so, the, I mean, the, uh, that there was that book that published a long time ago in the '70s. Christopher Lash wrote it called "Culture of Narcissism," and uh, and the '70s. That's like you know. F- Closing in on 50 years ago, that thing was published. 50 years ago, you know? And he already yeah. identified this, and it's gone up times 10 since then. Um, Absolutely. And, it, and it's, yeah. it's, we are. It's a, we're becoming increasingly egocentric, increasingly entitled, and increasingly like, I think life should just like unfold easily, and I could just walk down a red carpet and beautiful women will come and give themselves to me, and Ferraris will drive up and give themselves to me. It's like, America's increasingly becoming that, and YouTube is increasingly becoming this platform for Americans to go on and have the camera and the lights on them, and then complain about how life is not how it should be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's crazy. Right, especially because we here we are within this actual structure and confines of the the idea of divorce, which is now massively shifted over to well, how does marriage work? Mm-hmm. How does marriage work, and then how does it not work? Yes, and and it turns out well, this would have if we were truly to piece this apart, it would take us ten hours, yep. and then we would then we would really just have done the first book. Yep. The first book could be done in about 10 hours and then we'd move on to volume two yep. when you're when you're 40 yep. and you're like, crap, okay, there's, a, there's, there's an entire volume. Yep. And then, but uh, but l- l- something about what you're doing makes me want to do a quick review and outline of what we said. I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, so far we've said there's three main reasons that divorces happen. One is the adult stages of development, people change and the chemistry, they grow apart. Two, um, I'll just say the one most recently. Two is uh, people have an immature, entitled sense that relationships should be easier and should make them happy without them having to do work. So they just are like, I don't want to do that much. So they throw it away. And then three, this is the second one we talked about, but it's the most complicated. I left it for last is, let's see if I can make this simple, is what falling in love is, is an unconscious immature process of my unconscious unmet emotional relational needs from childhood a person comes along and i i project and develop the fantasy that that person is going to be able to meet my needs that person does the same thing to me so we have this like interlocking mutual fantasy that we're gonna like go off to the land of milk and honey together because i finally met my soulmate um, yes, but because it's unconscious and because there are these immature needs met as time goes on and the person isn't the magical creature that meets all our needs, we, it, it starts to like, uh, flies start to get in the ointment and eventually the shit falls apart and, and then both people regress and they're like, you're not meeting my needs. You're not the Prince Charming. I thought you were. Well, yeah, you're just a fucking annoying bitch. Fuck you. And then boom, they break up. Yeah. Well, so that the, the one you saved for last, even though it's hardest to describe, uh, I can just give you a little story about once upon a time when I met Diane Cooper, right? <laughs> I, I know that is funny, just mentioning it, right? So I meet Diane Cooper, and I don't know if you know this, but at some point, very early on, 
I looked at her and I was just like, I was, I was falling headlong down. It was so obvious that this was just like, oh my God, this is my, this is my perfect partner. Right. And I'm, I'm, as I'm falling and I look to her and I say like, Hey, I have to warn you. I come with this like super dark hidden side that I've been hiding from everyone. No one knows about it. And she looked me dead in the eyes and said, that's why I love you. Mm. And I just fucking melted. That was like permanent. She shouldn't have said that. She shouldn't have done that. Right. It was too poetic. It like hit to this, my most unlovable dejected self that I'd hidden from everyone. But she didn't know what the fuck she was talking about. She thought that, oh, you have this thing. It's kind of edgy and and scary and it's like cool. And that's why everyone thinks you're so cool. Yay. I, that's why I love you. But at that moment, I thought she was gazing into my soul, seeing the depth. And she just, just when she rang that bell, I was literally struck, dude, like, like Cupid's arrow done. You could have just signed me up, sent me off. I I would have done anything to make sure this this existed. And then as time went on and I realized, uh uh-oh, she doesn't really, she doesn't want me to be who I am. There's so many hints of like, hey, so could you just be more like this? And like, I need to yell at you and I, and I need you to not get mad. So I'm just going to have to come in and do this whole weird thing that you're not used to, right? That normally in your past, if people yell at you like that, you smash their face. But with, <laughs> right, if other people in my history would show that level of aggression towards me, I would literally beat them until they submitted right. physically. Right. right, and there, and there. Here's this person telling me, "Oh, I just have to do this horribly verbally aggressive thing where I, where I rip you to shreds. I say you're the most the most despicable thing I've ever seen in my life. How could I ever fall for you? You're so disgusting. And then you're supposed to just be like, oh, "Okay, are you done, babe? All right, let's. Uh, you want to have sex now? Which she would often want to do. She like after she would do this vomiting onto me." She would want to have sex. And yeah, I would yeah. be like, I would go, ha, get the fuck away. Like, wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, I, I ended up like, at one point, she was doing that kind of a barrage, which I, I wasn't used to. And I think I'm much more used to now, which is unfortunate that I, I've habituated to women yelling at me. But <laughs> Me too. I totally have too. <laughs> <laughs> because at first, I wasn't used to it. In yeah. fact, it was... No one had ever yelled at me before because if they did, then they would suffer a horrendous wrath. Yeah. Right? So she was doing this and I just took a chair and threw it across the room straight out the front window and smashed the entire window out. Wow. And and, and she immediately went from shrieking to, oh my God, like, are you okay? <laughs> oh. that, was, that was the perfect intervention you did. It totally like defused and changed the situation in a perfect way. <laughs> and I was like, man, this is... So every other week, should I throw the thing through the window? Because yeah. that's kind of an expensive process. Yeah. Well, maybe you just leave... Just put plastic up on the window <laughs> so that you, you can throw it out the window every week and you don't break anything. <laughs> yeah, I meant for that to be a very quick story, actually, just to punctuate these... Well, it's the, good to... I get, when you told the when you first told the story, it was like, oh my god, 
having real life stories is really helpful because when you gave that story, it was just like, wow, yes, that's how it happens. You start to feel safe enough with her that you share this secret, like, whoa, there's a dark part. And then she comes back with this thing you never imagined, which is like, yes, that's why I love you. That's what, and that's just like blows your fucking mind. And it's, that's just like such the perfect um, recipe for falling in love and just getting into this. And, and the romantic falling in love state is just this wildly fantastic, oh, wow, this person I can show my whole deepest true self to. And not only will they love it, but they love me even more because I showed it. It just like stokes this fire of this romantic fantasy. Absolutely. It, it, it's so incredible when that person, like their whole persona, their whole physical self reflects it back to you in this kind of a refracting way yeah. that is, it's like, it just reverberates through all of your your genetic history, through the beginning of time. Totally. And you're just like, it's truly psychedelic. Totally, yeah, yeah. Let it, me give a more, um, a less profound, but just more simple and clear example of this. I'll give my, right. uh, uh, just, just like to help people uh, really get their hands on this concept. Cause yours is kind of like so cosmic and big. I just want to give like a small, easy to chew little nozzle. So my mom growing up, my mom's great, super fun, awesome, but she is awesome. She's kind of ADHD and ang she's kind of like a, she's just like, in, in a super positive, fun way, but like her attention span and her ability, she's so anxious and her consciousness is so like, that she can't like slow down and really actually sit and attune to another person because she's so preoccupied, I think, with her anxiety. And so I think growing up as a kid, I just never had this experience of a mom who could really like calm her consciousness and attune to me. Like I just never had that. I actually learned to attune to her. I was like her parent in a certain way. And that's why I'm good at being a therapist because I can really attune to another person. And I learned that because my mom needed someone to attune to her. So her little baby boy did it. Um, but so I had, and I, this was all unconscious. I had no idea. But so I had this unmet need of having a woman like attuned to me. And... Yep. Then when I met my ex-wife, she was super good at that. And I remember, I can vividly remember the very first day, you know, you go out on a first date and like you go out and drink and whatever. But the first day we hung out, I she just like sat silently and attended and attuned and listened to me and understood to me. And it was just like an absolute altered state experience of just like, wow, this is the best thing I've ever felt in my life. I must yeah. marry this woman. Because it's like <laughs> this deep balm for this. It's like there's this little kid in me who's been dying of starvation for 20 <laughs> years. And all the kid needs is this one magic little thing and he can't find it. And then this woman comes in and she has it and she just has a huge well of this thing. It's just like, Oh, I'm in love. Let's get married. 
Dude, I can't believe you're going to have to listen to this afterwards because you think this story is less cosmic. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be, you're going to die when you hear this because there's nothing less profound. In fact, your story was more compelling. (laughs) Your story is more compelling, which this is what's so fucking crazy is how does it go from there to inevitably separation yeah yeah. what the hell is how is this a real thing yeah because once the once the hook is made the the arrangement occurs just psychologically the psychological arrangement happens and then then everyone can see it yeah everyone around you can see i saw it instantly when i saw you two together i was like oh my god these guys are permanent they are the most permanent thing of every relationship I've ever seen in my life. Yep. Right? You two appeared to be that to me. Yep. And I often appear that when I click with other people, yep. oftentimes other people will tell me that they see me and that person as the ultimate that could never end. Yeah. And I th- that, 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 that's, uh, we're, we're going to change it. But I guess I'm just going back to adult stages of adultment. I just want to speak to that thing. That was kind of part of my personality and my meaning in life and my goal is for me in my marriage I was gonna be like I'm gonna like do a relationship right I'm gonna read all the books and I'm gonna come up with the formula and the recipe that makes a relationship work and then what I did is I kind of like tried to like like this is how I got the recipe and the formula and I'm gonna bronze this fucking thing because I'm gonna do it right and in that, there wasn't room for this adult stages of development thing. It was like, I thought uh-huh. you figure out the perfect recipe and then you bronze that shit and you got it right and it's perfect and you put it up on your mantle place and now you have a perfect relationship and it's bronzed and up on your mantle place. Mission accomplished. And there's no room in that for the adult stages of a development of change, which... It's, I, I, I don't know if there's a way to, I, I think the model of until death do us part is kind of an inherently bronzed thing. That's what it means yes. until death do us part. A- absolutely. As opposed yes. to a moving, living, changing thing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. This just reminds me of, remember at your wedding when your brother cried? Yeah. This is just a, a side note. Yeah. It was so, it, it was such an awesome example of a man crying, right? I, to, to this day, it's still one of my favorite ones, which is a weird thing to say, but it's just as as he felt, the, you could see the emotions coming out and he it, it was just pouring out and then he fought them with Kung Fu. It was like, <laughs> he, he, he was like, he's like, ha, ha, Yes, dude, remember totally, that? that's exactly what he did. He like, Fought them right in front of us. Totally. totally. And, and I, just, I remember like, wow, that's awesome. Dude, I, 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 I can't I believe you remember that so well. That was like 20 some years ago. And you, that he, the Kung Fu thing is totally true. And I, I completely forgot about that. When, when you, that's exactly what he did. Right. And I, and I, I wish in our, when these stages of, of, unbelievable ecstasy in in finding the the match and and you watch it somehow dissolving as as you end up lonely and and somehow not matching for 
more than a week, which yeah. now is a month. And yeah. now you're like, wait, how far are our world's going to get before we we acknowledge that we're we're no longer the the unity? And then we, I wish at that moment I could just do the kung fu, ha, hu, hey, and then I would be fine. <laughs> Right? I want to be able to, but no, I can't. It's it's literally like soul wrenching, right? When when you get in those fights, even the the dude who fights about the towel, it's yeah. a joke. Except I know, and anyone else who really knows about like being in conflict with your partner, it's devastating for days. Yeah. It it rips your your whole insides out. You can't focus. You can't concentrate. It, it does some kind of like, it's, it's like a, a crisis that then emulates what you would experience in, in profound anxiety, depression, and whatever, whatever pathology. It's a, it's a unique pathology in itself. The, this like post, I've, I'm fighting with my partner and we may be headed to the, to the catacombs. Yeah, totally. Whew. Right? It's what have you got to say to that, good I, sir? I, my, I just kind of like went off. Just there, I just sort of went off into this super big thing of like, man. Because it sort of feels like you and I, I don't know if you were in this class with me. So Porn and I went to California Institute of Integral Studies and we took my favorite teacher. My favorite teacher ever in my life is this dude named Richard Tarnas. And Porn and I took, I took a lot of classes from him. And some of them Porn took with me. Like the one, one that me and Porn took together was called western spiritual masters and i think oh, yeah i think in that i just remember this quote you won't remember but i think you were in the class with me is richard tarnas said relationships are the spiritual challenge of our time and something when you were just talking i just kind of went off onto that it's like man that these relationship things they're so like when you fall in love it's just the most intensely blissful joyful pleasurable thing and then when you're in a breakup thing or when you're in a jealousy thing or when you're in a hatred thing, it's the most painful thing. And they're yes. so hard. And I don't think there's any way to avoid the super intense hard parts. Um, and so I just sort of went into this like, wow, we humans, we're these like relational creatures. It's the spiritual challenge of our time to like engage in these wrestling matches and like, we're not going to figure it out in my lifetime. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's really cool because there's kind of an intensity to the way that we were talking about this, almost as if there was like a, a at least within myself, there's kind of like this this pull or like a a uh, a magnetism towards a gravity towards there there is going to be some way that we can avoid it there's going to be a way you and i are going to figure it out let's totally. talk this through. yes let's talk this through man you and i are bright enough we've been through a lot we've seen it all yes. how many times have we watched how many times have we watched and guided people through it totally. so we should be able to we should make a predictive manual yes we should we should be able to, to schedule it in. And if we're going to do that, let's schedule in so that our kids don't suffer. Yes. I don't want them to go through the teenage years. That, oh, man. Like, I don't want them to go through that whole thing where they have to become so awkward and then have to doubt themselves to the point it's fracturing. Yeah. Like, I, I, don't want, 
I don't want people to have to go through this thing where where their perfect love then fractures into that that self of where where the first time that happens when you're really young I remember being like 16 or something and I remember like falling in love and it wasn't like it it just wasn't working and I just I remember lying there listening to Pink Floyd I had like a a, a tape deck sitting on my chest and mm. I could hear Pink Floyd and it finally like really resonated with like profound emptiness and longing wow. and I don't even remember which song it was because it could be any of theirs there's just some like like some some rift that just went straight through me and there I, in that moment I hardly existed wow hardly Yep. Just like, uh, like I could have left the planet at that point. Yeah. Wow. We should probably end right there. That's a good place to end. Okay. Because you got, <laughs> you got an eleven. You got a noon, right? I got an eleven o'clock. Yeah, I do. Dude, that okay. was awesome, man. We we just it just keeps getting fucking better and better. 